0: Welcome to the Cindy and Joe show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And we are obviously having a momentous time because Mo Cider won the Calder Trophy. And Cindy was about to storm <laughs> the gates of wherever they are and beat their ass.
1: Oh, yeah. If it was anybody else, I was gonna lose my stuffing.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think I was
1: gonna lose my I was gonna lose my stuff if if. They chose anybody but cider.
0: I think that here's the thing, though. Like, I think everyone in Detroit would have been like that because, I mean, you look at Trevor Zegers, the kid who was from Anaheim. He was like a minus 23 and he played. He's a forward. So that means he's not that great. You know what I'm saying? Matt, the bunting kid from Toronto, he plays on the same line as Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. I mean, we could put you on that line and you'd probably be up for the Colter trophy.
1: Absolutely. Of course I would. Um, and Austin Matthews got his award tonight too. So that's good. Um, but, uh, Sider cider deserves this. Um, Mo is the man. I'll tell you what, and the fact that you have a rookie, I mean, obviously his stats absolutely bear this out as to why he's rookie of the year, but so much more than that, it has to do with his poise on the ice, his leadership at his age, the fact that he was a, a top pairing for the Detroit Red Wings was, as you we point out, yeah, they're rebuilding, but they're a legacy, right? Um, any NHL team, the fact that this kid is holding down as an anchor for the defense is absolutely amazing for, for his age. And, you know, Nick Lindstrom had said from the very beginning, and I'd heard him say it twice, that Moritz Sider was better than he was at that age. So you just knew you had to have, at the very least, a rookie of the year coming. And I'll tell you what, Joe, I know you've got a take on this about the correlation between rookies of the year and hall of famers. Mm-hmm. But I, but, but I think most cider is going to beat those odds. I think most cider is going to be both.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because I looked it up because mm, all of our hall of famers, you know, Glitchstrom, Eisman, they didn't win the Calder. Uh, Eiserman was beat out by Tom Barrasso and, Eddie Belfour, which they were both good goaltenders, but they weren't, you know, Steve Eiserman. Nick Lichstrom was beat out by Pavel Bure. Henrik Zetterberg was beat out by Bert Jackman, who was a defenseman for St. Louis Blues. And then when Jimmy Cal- Jimmy Howard was up for the Calder, he lost it to, t- to Tyler Myers, and he had way better stats than Tyler Myers. It just goes to show you, like, I think I think that uh, most Sider has this whole the way he thinks about the Calder the right way. You know what I'm saying? That's why he's the Calder Trophy winner, because he, he doesn't he doesn't think like a rookie. Because if you think about it, like, people ask him, like, what would it mean to win the Calder? And he said nothing, because I really don't think he I, – I know he cares about it, but I don't think it, like, gets to him. Like, you know, some players uh, in NHL, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, they win a Rookie of the Year type thing, and it's getting to their head. It, you can see it gets to their heads in that second year. I don't think Mo, Mo Sider will be in that that same category.
1: No, his his psychology is totally different. I think that if anything, Mo, Mo kind of sees this as this is a jumping off point. It's not his destination. Okay, so this is just the another step along the way of whatever Mo Sider has in his mind to be uh, the future of his NHL career. And uh, I think he's looking forward. You know, I, I'd love to hear what his thoughts are in terms of his own career moving forward, but I'm willing to bet that, you know, he's got some very high goals set and I'm looking forward to watching him achieve those things. And I hope to hell he stays here and becomes a lifer like Steve Eisenman with the Detroit Red Wings.
0: I think he will though. I think, I think all these guys will. I think, you know, I just did a prospect. Uh, rep- I did the I did the prospect report on YouTube. Obviously we're going to put this video on YouTube, but we did a cross we did uh, Elmer Soderblom and Sebastian Costa, And you think about those kids coming up with a guy like Mo Sider that's going into his second year, Lucas Raymond going into his second year. No, no word on when Soderblom or Hannes or Costa will get up there because you don't want to rush them. But the future looks bright for the Detroit Bravians. I mean, you look, at, you look at Sider, he's only going to get better. Like, there's things that he can get better at, and I think he will get better at.
1: And I think he recognizes that that's the, that's the most exciting thing about Mo cider is again, he doesn't feel that he's arrived in any way. He knows he's just getting started and that's what's really exciting. And as long as he maintains that through the course of his career, he's going to continue to achieve and he's going to continue to become one of the elite players in the game. I mean, cause he's darn near close to that and he's a rookie.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I... It's funny because remember when he was drafted, a lot of people questioned the pick. They were like, "Who the hell is this guy?" You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, he was like what number seven, right? Yeah, he was six number seven
0: s- in the draft. Yeah, six, yeah, six. But like, yeah. people, it was an off the ball it was off the wall pick. No one, like, even the announcers were like, "Who is this guy?" But Stevie Y knew exactly who he was picking when he picked the dude. I mean, that just goes to show you that's what Stevie Wise's brilliance is. Because you look at look at the guys he's picked just recently. I mean, you look at the the hannis, You know, I, I when I did that prospect report, you know, people were saying that like if he would have came out this year, he'd be a top ten pick, even a top five pick. The kid he just got better last year. You look at uh, Lucas Raymond when he's when you know the year he took off and he, then he came to the Red Wings this year. I mean, him and Sider, they were both on trajectory, you know, to get up to the big leagues real quick.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, it's something because the way that Steve picks these guys, it, it's almost as if, and I don't know if this is happening by design or if it's just by coincidence, they seem to be coming up in pairs. You have cider and Raymond, you got Edmondson and um, who else do they, they kind of bring bring on board this year you know you got hannis and um uh kosa
0: yes
1: you know now you got Soderblom and you know whoever else there's going to be another one it almost seems as if stevie is picking them in pairs in a certain way maybe that's just the way they're developing i don't know but um it's good news for us because I'll tell you the Detroit Red Wings need to double down. Okay. They are, our, our fan base is going to run out of patience. They're getting excited, but now you need to bring these guys on two at a time, quite frankly.
0: Right. And I think, I think what is, you know, the rewarding part is like, he's picking these guys in the draft and like he's picking these guys that aren't, you know, when they, the year they get drafted, they're not really there yet. And then it seems like the year after he drafts them, they just explode. Like Cross Henness is that guy. Sutterblom was that guy. I mean, those are that's a sick, that's a second and a sixth round pick that are just they're dominating. They're getting better. And that's what if you want to speed this re- rebuild up, you gotta get those second, sixth round picks, third round picks, fourth round picks, because that's what he did in Tampa Bay with Kucherov and Braden Point and Andre Palat and Elks Kalorn. that's what he did. Well,
1: and wouldn't it be interesting, wouldn't it be fun, Joe, wouldn't this be fun if the Red Wings win rookie of the year back-to-back?
0: And who would that rookie of the year be?
1: If, if Kosa continues to develop the way he is, and if he wins that championship on the WHL, and he comes up and makes the roster next season for a rookie, for a goaltender, We'll see how that goes. I mean, that's a good possibility. Um, you've got, I think it's very possible if Edmondson makes the uh, roster, if Soderblom makes the uh, roster, if Cross Hannes makes the roster, any one of those guys, if they are, if they perform well enough to make the roster, those are all three potential or four potential Calder Cup, fi- you know, finalists. They all have the potential for that.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there's I think there one, there could be one. And if he see he, he has to work on his defense before he comes up to the, the NHL, but if he comes into training camp and he goes to Traverse City and he comes and plays the way he played in the WHL and that's cross-hannes, I don't understand and I wouldn't understand it if the Wings didn't put him on the roster because that kid is such a dynamic offensive player. I mean when I was watching some of the, the the, some games that uh, I wanted to watch because of the pro, the, you know, I was doing the prospect report, so I, I was looking at some of these games. and He is so dynamic. Like it, he's a he was a second round pick, fifty fifth overall, and this kid just he he there's things that he does with the puck that you're like, God, if you put him on a line with Verana and Larkin, that would be nuts because the kid has this like, he just started to learn how to pass this year. <laughs> like, <laughs> That was his major calling card. And his coach who coach Sidney Crosby told me he needs to pass more. So he has a sick, like turnaround pass that he does where he'll stop and he'll on a diamond and he'll throw a pass the opposite way. Like kids crazy with the, the puck. And I think that'd be a, that's a guy that could definitely surprise people. Because, you know, you you mentioned Simon Evanson. I think he can. I think with Sebastian Cosa. I don't I don't I don't think you should rush him up. So I think that he should spend another year in the WHL, get more with it and then maybe bring him up to Grand Rapids like late next year.
1: Well, you know, and the other thing to note is that everyone goes on and on and on every single year and we're going to be talking about the NBA draft here coming up on a future um episode here of Between the Whistles right. But and but here's the thing. Everyone goes on and on about who gets the number one draft and what you should do to get the number one draft and all this kind of thing. You look at some of these people, particularly in the Red Wings organization, they don't get the number one drafts in, in fact, some of the greatest players of all time. I mean, Steve Iserman fourth overall. I mean, it was the first round, but he wasn't the first overall pick. He was fourth overall. You know, you've got, you've got some of the, the guys who got take Darren McCarty, right. Four Stanley cups, a very um, successful NHL career. Not, you wouldn't say the best of all time or anything close to that. But the point is Beautiful point. the guy's got four. he contributes to four Stanley Cups for this organization. And he was like 40 something yeah. in the draft. I mean, you, you don't have to have the first overall draft pick. And like you said, Mo Sider, he was on nobody's radar. He was the sixth pick. You've got, you don't all those guys we mentioned, none of them first round picks. So, or f- first overall picks. So enough with the talk about what you got to do to get the first overall pick. And if you don't have it, well, you know, you keep getting screwed in the draft lottery. Yeah, that sucks. But at the end of the day, when you have a smart GM, it doesn't matter.
0: So you hit the nail on the head because what do I always say with any sport? We talk about basketball. We talk about football. We talk about baseball. We talk about hockey. You know, one of the things I always have said, and you you can, you can oblige this and people that can go back on the podcast and they get figure this out on their own but i always tell you you know a good gym by him picking the picks that you know every every general manager should be able to make, make a first round pick that's that's the easy stuff you know mm-hmm. when, when you get in yeah the, when you get in the second the third the fourth the fifth the sixth rounds and you're picking guys that like you're picking them on the potential you know and you're getting you're already getting payoff from some of these 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 guys that you picked like uh, Soderblom and Cross Hannes and 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 Carter Mazur and Sebastian Cosa who was a late first round pick you know so you have a good job manager when they make picks that other GMs don't make you know and that's been one of the problems with like you know you look at Edmonton you know they have Connor McDavid and Leon Dryasado and they can't get enough talent in that that organization because they don't know how to draft up until Kenny Holland got there. And those prospects are a little bit of waste.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, really to think that, that you have to have these high draft ones, look at Nick Lindstrom, for example, Nick Lindstrom, one of the greatest defensemen of all time, right. What seven Norris trophies. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many the the guys got. It's an obscene amount of awards and recognitions he's had. 53rd overall.
0: Second round pick.
1: 53rd. I mean, come on. Where was the wisdom to find that guy? There's a diamond in the rough for you.
0: Look at the guys that Eisenman drafted in in, in Tampa Bay. I mean, look at Vasilevsky. He was a late first round pick. Kucherov was a second round pick. Braden Point was a fifth round pick. You look at this and you're just like, okay, if you could do all this, that means you're a good general manager because that shows that you take the talent and evaluation process very, very seriously, and that's what you know. When we talked about the Lions, that you know, that's one of the things that I'm kind of giddy on is because they're making picks that you know aren't easy picks to make. Like getting in an Amnerous St. Brown, that's not easy, you know. For the Rubbings to get Almer Soderblom in the sixth round, that's not an easy pick. I mean, only the elite general managers do that.
1: So I think what's what is really going to be important. It's not just getting these guys, Joe, it's retaining these guys. They've got to find a way to retain guys like Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond, um, you know, some of their other core group that they've got, Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, they keep talking about trading Tyler Bertuzzi. I I don't think that's really going to happen, but you know, some of these young guys coming up and then some of these prospects we're talking about now that you got them, now I got to find a way to hold him, And I know that Steve doesn't like long-term contracts, but Mo cider is one of those guys. He had the foresight to give him a three-year contract. You know, the guy had 50 points. The kid had 50 points this season. I think certainly that warrants looking at a longer term contract for most cider. I don't see where that, I don't see where you go wrong doing that. And I think it's not too early now to even talk about that.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you're you're going to see that, but I think you're going to see a bridge deal first because that's what that's what Stevie Y does. He does the bridge deal, and then you get your big payday. And, like, that's probably why Larkin's looking at a big payday coming up.
1: And we'll see if, they, if these guys can put this all together and earn that big payday in terms of, you know, turning out some playoff uh, wins and some turning out, turning out a Stanley Cup, ultimately. So, and, then, you know, that's what they all want. And um, I think that if Stevie Y can sell these guys on the fact that, hey, I'm putting together – another 2002 detroit red Wings stanley cup team another multiple hall of famer roster if he can sell these guys on that and say hey look you want to be part of the next legacy and i wouldn't doubt that that's exactly what he's t- telling these guys well, I think, um
0: i think he's i think he's gonna put in their head do you want to be the next dynasty because you know he built yeah. the, he built the dynasty in Tampa bay I yes think, i think when you look at these kids and you tell like when when they walk into steve eisenman's you know office it's like the nick saban effect right you go in that office and you're like where the hell am i because this guy is like he's out of this earth you know right you're like holy
1: hell i'm sitting in steve eiserman's office and the man himself is right there
0: there was there were some people i I, I was reading a story on 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 this recruit that went to nick saban's office and and uh he was sitting there and Nick Saban wasn't there, but he was looking at around the office and there was all these rings and there was all these pictures of all the players that played before him. And you kind of want to be a part of that, especially when you're in the Red Wings organization. I mean, that, that is one of the premier organizations in sports.
1: Yeah. And I think Mo cider fits right in. I think Mo is, is could be, you know, people were looking at Dylan Larkin to be the next marquee player for the wings. And he could be, but I have to tell you, I really feel as if, like the Dylan Larkins, Tyler Bertuzzi's, um, they're starting to almost get dwarfed by the Mo Siders, the Lucas Raymonds.
0: Um, I mean, you got to think about the like Larkins. He, they, no one wants him to be, you know, this generational player. They want him to be the leader. That's what they want him to be.
1: And I think he's heading that way. I really do. I really think so. Um, it, it's almost like um, it's like Lucas Raymond is like I don't know. To me, he's he's kind of like the uh, you know the the Sergey Fedorov, right? Ciders um, like the Nick Lidstrom. You know, that's what they remind me of. And I think that once Stevie Wise starts plugging in, if Dylan Larkin is the Steve Weiserman, once he starts plugging in and finds you know, maybe Sebastian Kosa is going to be his Chris Osgood or, you know, his um, his Vernon or his Vasilevsky or whatever. I mean, well, I, I think it wouldn't surprise me if he's looking at some of these models of these teams throughout the years that he's been a part of and plugging and playing these guys. And so long as he plugs them in and they play, he's going to be good to go. And as soon as he gets enough of those, you know, pieces of the combination in place, that's when you're just going to see magic happen, but it's much, very much orchestrated by the man, Steve Iserman. No doubt.
0: I agree with that. And that's, I think that's where it's going it's to go. And I, I'm interested to see what they do this off season. Obviously we'll, we'll be breaking down that all off season as we go towards the regular season, but they got 1.8 million $11.8 million to spend to get to the floor. So I'm, I'm thinking Steve, is going to make some moves this year
1: it'll be interesting to see if he brings on some solid veteran talent from some of these playoff teams that we've seen. I think there's opportunity certainly in the Tampa, uh, roster. I think there's opportunities to be found in Edmonton. I think there's opportunities, even a couple in Calgary, perhaps there's, there's Dallas. There's,
0: opp- there's opportunities everywhere, but you just Yeah. I mean, but I'm
1: thinking of some, some specifics that Steve Eiserman might be looking at and saying, "Yeah, I could go that way, yeah, I could go that way. It'll be interesting to see what way he goes, but I think the biggest the biggest piece that's missing right now, the big question mark that everybody needs to know, now that you've got all these guys, you need someone who can um get them there, and we need the new head coach that is going to recognize and understand what Steve's trying to do. And, um, I gotta be honest with you. I know Winnipeg's courting but I think Barry Trotz would be a tremendous, I think he, he fits the Stevie Eiserman mold. If he's, if, if, if Steve Eiserman is looking for the plug and play players, right. Um, for the people like, let's say on the 2002 team,
0: I don't think Barry Trotz is going to be the guy. I think it's going to be Derek Lallon. That's, that's just the way it's going.
1: I, and that's what I'm hearing too, but for some reason, when I think Scotty Bowman, I think Barry Trotz, um, maybe because they kind of look similar and they're both balding. I don't know, but, (laughs) but really, no, I, I just, I, I feel, I feel Barry Trotz will fit here. I really do, but I agree with you. I don't think that's going to be the guy, but I can't help feeling that way. I don't know why.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. That's, I think that's, 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 that's perfect to me. I think that, uh, I think that Juan's the guy though. I think, I think that's the guy that he's waiting for. So it'll be interesting to see. We'll break that down when we get to it, but that'll, that'll be a fun topic. to, to, to do.
1: But we had to talk Mo cider cause Mo is the man we have been talking Mo cider you and I on this show for what, almost what a year and a half, ever since we started last January. For the last 18 months, we've been talking about Mo Cider. We've been telling all of our listeners and all the people who are viewing us, which, by the way, we are going to come back on video soon, guys. We promise. Uh, we've been telling everybody, Mo mm-hmm. Cider, Mo Cider, Mo Cider. And, and we, now we were right. We were right. As usual, Joe. Yeah. We I always hear it first. Here we have people.
0: Exactly. So that <laughs> will end this segment of Between the Whistles, a Cindy and Joe show. Obviously, we will talk to you. The next coming next episode, but stay tuned to our YouTube uh, page, and we'll keep you entertained throughout the whole off season going into Face- Facebook,
1: Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Check us out there. Check out the Detroit Red Wings for those who are loving the hockey coverage. Detroit Red Wings news powered by IQ. That's a sister uh, page of ours, and um awesome stuff.
0: Yeah, and we will see you on the next episode of whatever we do and uh, of the
1: Cindy and Joe show your hometown team my god you forgot already you're already lost in the calder glow
0: oh uh, yeah I, I'm gonna I need to drink, <laughs> I need to drink some blue lights <laughs> we will see you in the next episode this is Cindy and Joe Show in between the whistles Detroit
1: see you then